0: Fiction is First is pleased to present Michael Patrick Flanagan-Smith reading Scrambled Eggs. I'm swilling a gin and tonic, talking to you at the party. I hate it when people say everything happens for a reason. It's bullshit. Everything is mix-up, chaos. And every now and again, things kind of come together in a way that makes us feel okay, to say they happen for a reason. But that... That is in total defiance of the insane fractal bullshit that swirls around us all the time. It is simply amazing when something appears to happen for a reason, because it's an exception, not the rule. You agree. You say, maybe that is what love is. What? Maybe that's what love is, the exception that makes the rule. I'm pretty sure we're both drunk, so I ignore what you say. But it sticks with me even though I hate that kind of melodrama and sentimentality. Frank loved that shit. That must be why you two got along. I keep trying to imagine what it would have been like if this happened. You and I stumble up the stairs away from the party and into your room. I turn down the light and a small moon peeks through the blinds. We lie down onto the mattress and look at each other in half dark. Brown eyes, blue eyes. I pull you close to me. There's a rustle of clothing and your breath feels wet and sweet on my neck. I think of kissing you. I think I've wanted to do it before, but I don't act on it. And you fall asleep in your funeral dress in my arms. Your breathing evens out and you drool on my neck. I kick my shoes off as carefully as I can and pull you closer into me. You snuggle into me so small, And soft and warm, you hang tight onto me. And I fall asleep in my suit, my tie-undone jacket on a chair. When we wake up, I confuse the sound of birds for a ringtone. I've been living in the city far too long. We have breakfast together in our crumpled clothes in the kitchen by the window closest to the willow tree. We laugh and cry into our bitter coffee. When I leave... You kissed me on the mouth like a good friend. But that didn't happen. This happened. After walking up the stairs away from the party, and it was a party, your hand turns that light down and that full curve of your mouth finds mine in the dark. Our mouths tray the sweetness of your breath and I pull you down to the mattress fast and hard. The moon is small. I'm surprised at how quickly your dress comes off, how suddenly immodest you are. Your small hands, greedy, impatient with my belt and buttons and zipper. We wrestle like small, hungry animals fighting over scraps of food. And when we make love, it's like we don't have any skin. We end up sobbing like bitches. You hold me so tight it fucks up my neck for a week, and I breathe into your neck, snot running down my nose. Blue eyes, brown eyes. We fall asleep, and when we wake, I mistake the sound of birds for a ringtone, which is really dumb for someone raised in the country. Naked, in the sunlight in the morning, my skin is red and splotchy and your breasts sag. We sit by the window in the kitchen, sip sweetened coffee in silence. The birds sound pretty, one of us says. I guess we talk a little... When I go to leave, you offer your hand and I shake it like a businessman. Can you call it a party if it's after a funeral? I don't think so. But it was, so fuck it. When Frank found out he was going to die, he called me. Well, Jay, he said, I got ass cancer. He started laughing. I joined him. He continued. I'm 37 years old. I'm supposed to get married next spring. And my asshole is so full of cancer that I'm going to fucking die. They're going to remove my entire asshole and I'm still going to die. I'm going to die unable to shit, Jay. I'll be shitting down a tube that used to be my asshole into some bag wrapped around my leg. Can you fucking believe it? He couldn't stop laughing. The whole thing was so funny. My dumb fucking asshole, he said, and we repeated it like a recess chant. My dumb fucking asshole. I tell you the story about Frank calling me up, and you don't seem to get how funny it is, so I let it be. Maybe it stopped being funny once it happened, the asshole thing, that is, and his inability to use it. But Frank found it funny. Up until the day he died, he thought the whole thing was hilarious. You ask what I'm up to and I say nothing. I say, why don't you come up to my place just for the night? You let out a sigh. I'm sure you will say no. Maybe I call you too often and it's getting on your nerves. Maybe I should let things rest. But you say, why not? There's a train and it leaves every hour. It'll do you good to get out of the house, out of town for the day or so. Your mother keeps telling you that. The funeral was a month ago, you say. Are you sure it wouldn't be a problem, you ask me? Of course not. I pick up a couple bottles of wine, get back to my place, and sit around the kitchen. There are no wine glasses in my cabinets. I don't even own any glasses that match. Why'd I get wine? I don't drink wine. I open a can of beer and turn on my stereo. I walk around my apartment, all three rooms. Fucking New York. Do you have any idea how much I pay for this place? Probably as much as you two pay for your house and two acres in Pennsylvania. Or used to pay. I mean, the two of you. You pay it now, I guess. I stand in my bedroom, and I think about your bedroom in Pennsylvania. Fuck Pennsylvania. Fuck New York and fuck Pennsylvania, too. When the birds wake me up, I feel like a jerk for thinking they're a cell phone. A real idiot. I sit up in bed, and as carefully as I can, I pull the edges of the blanket off your sleeping body. You're sprawled out naked, and it reminds me of scrambled eggs. I look at your pale, pale skin, your breasts and belly and thighs, your legs in every direction, and I think, Scrambled eggs. I pay attention to your breathing and your hair, and in the moments before you wake, I try to inscribe the memory of you into my brain because I don't know if I will ever get to see you like this again. When you wake, you quickly pull the blanket back over yourself, your modesty returned. And when I sit in my kitchen thinking about wine glasses, I can't recall the image of scrambled eggs, so I think about that blanket. There's a picture of Frank on the bookshelf in my bedroom, fishing, wearing a stupid hat. It's a tributary off the school kill. and behind him, the sky is burnt orange with swirls of purple, the sun obscured behind a messy tangle of dark green leaves and thick, twisty branches. I take the photo off the bookshelf, drop it into my dresser, and close the drawer. I pull away from you and sit up. I grab my beer and take a swallow. You lay on your back and watch me. You push some sweat-stained hair away from your eyes and reach for the juice cup that holds your wine. I stand and walk to the window, look out at the traffic, the interior of an apartment across the street. People watch TV. You don't work tomorrow, you ask? It's Saturday. Maybe we can walk around the city. This surprises me. I look at you, you reach out to me with your arm. I imagine you visit my apartment for the weekend and we share the bed, but wear pajamas, 40 years old and acting like college kids, brown eyes, blue eyes. We probably get more drunk just because you tell me about the train you two took from Dublin to Galway and how Frank faked a German accent to make fun of the Americans who faked Irish accents. You demonstrate Frank's fake ...German accent, and we both crack up until I spill wine all over the bed. That's not what happens. What happens is, after you and I have sex, we find that we don't have much of anything to say to each other... ...and we lay around the room sort of embarrassed. You see, Frank is still there in the room with us. His presence is bigger than ours even, but we can't figure the words... You start to tell me a story about visiting Ireland. You say, And when we got to Galway, it was pouring down rain. Frank looked like a... But you stop right there, and I don't encourage you to continue. We end up drinking so quiet. It's as if we are the ghosts gliding around these three rooms. We are the specters that Frank left behind when he disappeared and took the world with him. We are so slight... So insubstantial, so stupid and indiscreet, that all we can do to fill these dark, silent spaces is to make love again, and this time cruelly. She leaves in the morning. I walk her to the door. We say our goodbyes and I walk back up to my apartment. I put on a pot of coffee and when it perks I drink a cup and stare out my window. In the apartment across the street, the people are watching TV. I don't speak to her again for almost three years. During that time, I take a six month trip to Ireland. I stay in Dublin, walk around the city, watch the people. I think about the train to Galway, but I never do take it. One afternoon, I'm sitting in a pub overlooking the River Liffey. I strike up a conversation with an old man with gray eyes. He wears a green wool cap. He asks what brings me to the city. I blink.